On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day, Migos, and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport on a Wednesday night. Thanks to Kevin Hillier and the uh, boys from the GBU crew on another fantastic show. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Vinny Venezuela is in the house. Good evening, Rodrigo. Looking very Sopranos with that tracksuit top. I'm feeling very Sopranos. I, I need to... Well, I still got ADP in the boot of my car, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you at least, you know, uh, drill a hole in the in the boot so that he can breathe? I threw in a prima. Oh, good, very nice I thought of you. Be, I thought he'd be uh, uh, swimming with the fishes <laughs> by now. <laughs> oh, no, I like the guy. Carlos Alberto Diego, welcome. Sorry, to the show. I jumped in there, no, Rodrigo, before you introduced me That's because fine. it was such a, a great line. Yeah. But I didn't give it then. Oh, it was just laughter. lost all time. Yeah. I was, was laughing a, on the inside yeah, anyway. That's right. Is my mic okay? It is now, yeah. It feels yeah. a bit funny. No, we've got you. We've got you yeah, coming good. through loud and clear. Warren Diego, you look uh, you look lighter. He actually looks like he's an Azuri fan there with that uh, blue top. Yes, just for the listeners at home. <laughs> yeah, well, no, thanks. If they go to Twitter, they'll see the photo. Oh, of course they will, yes. Thanks for, at allowing, thanks for allowing me to come on air and uh, no, no. enjoy 60 minutes or so with you, Rodrigo, and you... Vinny as well. Thank you very much. Warren. You were oh, champing sorry, sorry, Carlos. or chomping at the bit <laughs> well, to be here ha- tonight. It's been a happy, sad week for me, really. Do you know why it's been happy? Please tell me. Not because Liverpool won, because that was expected. You know, it just mm. happens. <laughs> but I did... Sorry, I did, sorry. You yeah, were sweating. Yeah. You were sweating yeah, for Yeah, a while. I was a bit nervous on Sunday night. <laughs> but I was happy because, you know what? What? You go through the footy on Saturday and you know you're going to the... I'm, doing other things on Sunday, and first game of the season. It's 9.30, which is great time at the moment with the Premier League because we've got the daylight savings both ways. It's working really well. But it's it's Manchester United, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'll only stay up and watch this for half an hour, but the fact that it was a loss to Man U, I found myself hanging on mm-hmm. for long periods <laughs> in the second half out of sheer enjoyment. So that's the happy. Yes, okay? the sad? The sad is... James Alexander Gordon, mm. the yep. voice of BBC classified re- football results, the yep. old soccer pools results, yep. he died oh, during the week at yeah. age 79. And if, if you've listened to the BBC, he's the voice. And the funny thing is he, he only retired about 18 months ago and handed it over to a woman who now does the classified football results on the BBC. So for anyone who's ever listened to the World Sur- Service, particularly around 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning if you're if you're listening to it on the radio, you get the guy come on and he does all the divisions. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah. Then, the, and then the Scottish do, do divisions. Do they still have the soccer pools, do they? Because no, when st- I was growing up as a kid, yep. during the off-season over in the UK, they had obviously games around the world, and they had the State League, Yep, the Victorian State League games. Yep. And so you'd have this bloke in his British accent going, Fitzroy Alexander, <laughs> one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what a legend. Uh, Paran Slavia, three. And I still do think they have a form of soccer. We should ask Mike whether they still have a form of soccer pools. But, you know, that was the first real gambling opportunity. You know, three points for a win. Yeah. None, and, you know, the, the total score for, the, for a competition was 
dependent on the prize. So he passed away. So it's been a happy, sad week. And um, well, hope he's up there with you know some of the great voiceover artists of uh, our era, like you know Don LaFontaine. He's looking, he's looking down on you, Rodrigo. <laughs> oh, look, what a man. <laughs> What a man. Maybe rest in peace. Hey, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll take your calls throughout the night, 942-911-16. And, of course, our hot topic tonight, guys, in light of the English Premier League, uh, the first game, the opener, um, it was a wash with fantastic uh, things, yeah. Carlos. Just, just, just the fact that it was on kind of made me excited. What's the hot topic tonight? I mean, tonight? the lead-up is fantastic. Uh, we know that we – it's not that long – you know, of uh, of a time before, you know, since it was actually on in May. I mean, it, it you know, it's not that long a period of time where we were denied the game, but you still have that lead up, and you're pretty excited about the whole thing. Um, I just want to know from our people out there, by way of hot topic, what was your highlight? Now, you can either pick a highlight on the ground, some fantastic piece of play, a great goal, there were some good goals and great goals scored on the weekend, a piece of uh, you know skill that you may uh, pick, or something that you experienced by, while you're watching it. You know, sitting there with your mates and watching it, having a beer, maybe tweeting away. Just give us a highlight of watching the English Premier League uh, this last weekend, round one, and uh, it may well be that you, you know, now again sleep deprived. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure whether that's a highlight or a, or a low light, but uh, but just tell us what your highlight is. Yeah, I somehow managed to uh, get the family movie, the DVD that we watch on a Saturday Saturday night, watched in fast forward, so we could just get to the <laughs> and I, you know, got them all out of the land room. Now it's dad time. All right, zero four, zero four, double three, ninety eight, eleven sixteen. What was your highlight on the pitch or off the pitch, or just the vibe of the whole thing um, in the English Premier League uh, opener at the weekend? Zero four, double three, ninety eight, eleven sixteen. It's thirteen minutes past eleven. Line it up, baby. Hey! Yes, and given that the uh, EPL started at the weekend and um, there's a bit of football going on at the moment too, Melbourne victory against uh, Bayswater City in Perth. It's 1-0 to... No, um, just it's gone 2-0. Oh, thank you, 2-0 Carlos. 2-0 with uh, Archie Thompson and uh, getting a second and Costa Barbarossa's getting oh, one in the go. first half in the 23rd minute, I believe. So Jeez, must have happened 2-0 up. as I was speaking, Absolutely, Carlos. yes. Uh, just uh, We've got the real-time scores uh, out there at the moment and uh, Melbourne victory comfortably at the moment, even though Bayswater City have been plucky tonight, apparently over in Western Australia, but uh, 2-0... Uh, not long to go in the second half. And FFA Cup, Central Coast Mariners defeated South Coast Wolves 1-0. And Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Guangzhou Evergrande in the Asian Cup. Uh, they're the first leg of that game, 1-0, which was... Uh, we'll talk a bit about this later on. But let's go to our man in the UK now, because it was the English Premier League opener. Mike McGrath, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Yes, thanks for holding on there, Mike. you got uh, Rodrigo, Vinny, Warren and uh, Carlos. Well, did you hear the hot topic, Mike? Because I'm going to put that to you. What was the highlight of the opener for you in the English Premier League? Well, it's probably, I mean, you could say the usual kind of, well, you know, well-played Man City, well-played, you know, it was great to see Fabregas back. But probably the, the, the highlight for me was I was at Upton Park and a, a fan ran from, he was a pitch invader, ran from one end of the pitch to the other um, while they were setting up a free kick, uh, Tottenham had a free kick, and he uh, he managed to get away from the stewards and he actually had a shot on target, um, which <laughs> it was actually the first save that the West Ham keeper ha- had to make. 
Um, so that was the uh, that was the kind of eye catching performance um, that I saw at the weekend. <laughs> Apparently, man, you have put in an offer for that guy too. <laughs> they need to buy. <laughs> Mike, um, right, yeah. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, I know it's only the first game, and uh, there's been some pretty big teams that have fallen over over the years in the first round, but no one's really slit their wrists or got too upset about it. But I, I, looking at Louis van Gaal after that game, he was shattered uh, when the Manchester United was beaten by Swansea at home. First game of the season, uh, They obviously we all know that they had a really good pre-season. I think they played six games in America, scored 16 goals. Everyone was in red-hot form. Uh, Louis van Gaal sort of under-promising, over-delivering, but doing it with a smile on his face, knowing that uh, they, they'd started off well in his new era. But uh, the weekend was such a poor performance, he looked like a shattered man. Yeah, well, his word was also shattered. He uh, he. he was clearly shocked at that, that level of performance. I think it was just, you know, it was almost like the summer never happened. It was back to that United team that just, and when you looked at the team itself, it didn't really, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't have that scare factor that United teams have. And, and Swansea took full advantage uh, of, you know, maybe not quite Man United players playing in an unfamiliar system. And that really was one that was, you know, that was the the opening game of the season. But you know, a, a fantastic shock as well. It's going to be a massive weekend for for Van Gaal, um, going taking United up to Sunderland, but also a massive week for Ed Woodward trying to broker these deals. He's managed to get one in. Marcos Roja uh, Roja has come in, um, but they they need more than that. Yeah, Mike, I'm just wondering. I mean, I know it's only the first game, but we also had a poor season last year for Man U. We're all expecting them just to go back to what they were like after buying a few big-name players, but they're not in the Champions League. Is there any danger that suddenly the the hierarchy of, of teams in England is going to change uh, and that Man United may not be a team just with the purchase of a couple of players and a new manager – Suddenly, be number one again. Maybe they, maybe they might be relegated to number four now, uh, given that uh, they've got a fair bit of work to do to that squad at the moment. Well, certainly, I think that's what uh, Liverpool are hoping, and and Everton and Spurs that, that you know that they're trying to establish themselves as top four, top five clubs. Um, but you know, there's nothing to say that United. You know, will get back. That, that, like I say, that the team doesn't have the scare factor, but you know, they, they do have a first class coach there and from what we from what we hear I mean he, he, they've probably got the best in the business to turn this around it's just whether they can get those players in um to to really transform their season or transform the last their their fortunes of the last year or so but yeah I I, I imagine that the, the clubs there are thinking there's a real chance to you know blow the title race wide open as you know whereas before it's always Man U and Chelsea or Man U and Arsenal before that. I mean, at the moment, it, it seems like a real open race. Now, Mike, we have you on the show because you know things and you hear things and you're at the, the cutting edge. What's what's the go with this Vidal uh, situation at Man U? Are they going to pursue that? Because, you know, are they hot and cold? Is it a matter, matter of them just tossing a coin and buying, deciding? Or have they just given up? Well, there's been nothing from the club to say that they're definitely that that they've really gone for him properly. I mean, obviously he is an extremely talented player, 
who would grace a lot of teams in the world. Um, but there's nothing to say that, that we've heard here that for, from the United end that's saying that they've definitely gone for him. Whereas that, that from the Chilean side and the Italians, they're saying United are, uh, are, are interested in him. Whereas, you know, recently it's been more kind of Angel Di Maria has been kind of top of the list. So, yeah, Vidal's kind of faded a little bit. Mike, I was just going to ask you um, about the newly promoted teams. I thought, in in general, if you look across the teams that we probably look at finishing in the bottom half of the of the table, I think they all probably showed something. Certainly, Leicester showed something. Burnley showed a little bit. They scored early, but conceded really quickly against Chelsea and QPR. You know, Crystal Palace, and even. You know, a couple of the other teams, Swansea and, and West Brom and Sunderland, they all showed bits. I mean, it's too early to tell, but is there a sense that there might be a few harder places to go for these top teams as we get as we get through the season? Yeah, I mean, you can't fault Leicester to get a point against Everton. Is that That is a fantastic start for them. And even QPR, even though they lost, I think, yeah, they missed a late penalty. They probably felt they should have got a draw out of that game, maybe more. So they were, they're, they're quite positive with what they've done in the transfer window, the system that they're playing with three centre-backs. So I don't think QPR are panicking. Um, obviously, Burnley wouldn't have expected to win either. So I think that it's, that, you know, it's a decent enough start for them. I, I still think two of them will probably go. I, I think, you know, QPR, despite losing, I think they're the ones who are most likely to stay. Um, but, you know, it's the ones like West Brom, I, I just feel just haven't quite got it. And even even Sunderland, I think, um, you know, they got played, you know, off the park by West Brom, you know, by, by all accounts. I didn't see it my, myself. But that's, um, they, they struggle to bring players in as well, Sunderland. And, and I think there might be, it could be a re- really exciting uh, relegation battle as well. Mike, uh, Manchester City, uh, it was announced, I believe, that they've offered uh, or they've signed Aguero for another five years, which is a fairly big contract. And I, I expect that they uh, would be paying a fair bit of money to him too. Why such a long contract uh, for a player who, I don't know, there were, there were times, I suppose, I suppose with the Argentinians, you don't expect them to be around for that long. I mean, he's already been with the club, I think, three years. Uh, and with the five-year deal... Uh, surely he's not going to be, you know, staying that long at the club. Is it all a matter of knowing that he'll probably have an offer too good to refuse within two years, and he'll still be at the height of his value, and that, and they can sell him for a fair bit of money? Yeah, I think, I think the contract, yeah, long-term contracts for the star players. Uh, I, I think that's more more about security on the t- on behalf of the club as much as the player. You know, somebody that that they know is not gonna not gonna run down his down his contract. I mean, uh, Vincent Company also got a long term contract. I mean, he's he's even at that little bit older. You know, he, he, you know, if he sees that his contract, he's gonna really be a veteran at the club. Um, so I think it's part of uh, you know part of keeping players happy, uh, giving them security, and also the security of the value of the player as well. Um, so it's it, they've been very busy um in terms of securing these players like uh, uh like Nasri and uh and and Jekko is the next one in line uh, the only one who doesn't seem to have his contract wrapped up at the moment is uh, Pellegrini himself
Now, Mike, um, we grow up with things during our time watching the Premier League in particular, you know, the big match theme. And uh, James Alexander Gordon passed away during the week at the age of 79, who used to do the BBC classified football results. It's amazing how you attach a voice to a particular component of the game, Martin Tyler, in terms of commentary. I'm just wondering, do soccer pools still exist in British (laughs) football? Because... They were the biggest thing of all time in the eighties. Do they still exist as a as a means of winning a bit of cash? And there must have, and there has been a, a quite significant outpouring about his voice and what he did as part of the Premier League. Yeah, it's incredible that you know a story like that will get on the on the back pages like like it did on, on some of the newspapers because it's like you say, as we were growing up, that's the voice that we heard um, five p.m. our time over here. Uh, and uh, an unmistakable voice as well. It's like, like yeah, like say, parts of your childhood as well. As for the pools, they, I mean, they do the pools results and they do the pools panel results. Say if there's a late kickoff or, or a, a postponed game. But I've got to say, I've never filled in a, a pools coupon. Uh, and at the moment, I think um, people are betting on their smartphones and having a having a punt on the football. I'm, I'm not sure whether the pools is, um, you know, as uh, relevant as it was a few years ago, but certainly they're, they're still um, telling us what the pools panel results are. Um, and, and, of course, his, uh, his voice was really part of that. Now, Mike, uh, Cesc Fabregas knows that Jose knows where to play him, <laughs> and that's exciting. Uh, will he be, you know, the player to watch for Chelsea? And can I just also add, having watched uh, the second half of the Burnley game, I almost thought that uh, Jose was channeling um, Pep Guardiola. I never saw so much uh, close passing in my life from from Jose Mourinho. So is Chelsea a completely different proposition this season because they are tweaking and changing their style a bit? Well, I I honestly thought you guys were going to, you know, roll a... A recording of last week when I told you that Fabregas was going to yeah. come in and tear up the tear up the Premier League exactly as he did on uh, on Monday night. Um, and it, that they they it was a game against Burnley that they're going to have tougher games where they might not be they might not get as many opportunities. But I mean, it's such a good start for them just to see Fabregas dictating the game again. And I think he's going to. Yeah, they'll have two defensive midfielders, and then he'll be ahead of them in terms of a, a more forward in the pitch. But he'll dictate how they play, and he's got all sorts of passes. He, he, not just short tick attacker stuff. I think that they're gonna they're gonna really mix it up. They've got a big man up front as well. They can do pretty much. They can win a game, however much so in in whatever way um, possible. Really, they, they've got it in their in their armory. Mike, uh, what was it was Cesc Fabregas a failure at Barcelona? Do you think? Yeah, in my opinion, yeah, I think he was. I mean, I just remember that the the, the performances uh, of Arsenal when he was about twenty one and looked looked so mature, ran games from midfield, and then I think he kind of, despite returning to his roots, kind of lost his identity a little bit. Uh, at, at Barcelona and wasn't always played in that central midfield position that he that he really relishes and I, I think it was that like, he really wanted to go there he forced the move 
and he got what he wanted. But really, I, I, I mean, he could have been Arsenal captain for a decade, and and really, you know, if you if you added him to the team that they got at the moment, um, it would be a real force. So I, I, I would say, you know, failure is not a very nice word, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a success at, uh, back in Spain at all. Let me tell you though, Mike, that uh, that pass and that goal uh, is coming through thick and fast on our, uh, you know, what was the highlight of the EPL on the text messages tonight, that, that sublime pass from Cesc Fabregas. Hey, Mike, thanks for your time. Always great to talk to you and uh, we'll try and catch up with you again next week. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Always good to talk to him. Um, actually, we've got a couple of calls now. We might just quickly take those before the break. Um, and actually, Mark from Melton on Line 7 wants to talk about Cesc Fabregas. Mark, welcome to the show. Yeah, g'day, lads. How you going? Yeah, um, yeah I think um, by far Fabregas' pass would be hard to beat all season. That was one of my highlights. Another one was uh, watching a miserable man you start to the season. And, <laughs> you and Warren. Uh, as a Liverpool supporter, I think Liverpool was good to see Liverpool dug, uh, dig deep and get a, get a good result on the, you know, considering in the past, I think they wouldn't have done as well. So that was good to see, I think. Yeah, Mark, no. you're not, sorry, Mark, you're not worried, you know, obviously Liverpool, they struggled a bit a bit against a, a, a Southampton side that's lost eight players over the over the break. Uh, and they really had to, you know, Southampton in the end had a chance of winning that game. And uh, surely you can't be over the top, or as Rodrigo would say, cock a hoop, <laughs> with, uh, with that Liverpool one. performance against a very, very undermanned Southampton. Well, it doesn't matter how you get the points as long as you bank them. And uh, I think they'll get they'll bank the first point, first set of three points, and then move on to the next game. Mark 15, Carlos Love. That team, the <laughs> Liverpool team, Carlos... Without Markovic, who's injured, without Luana, that's who? injured. Who? They'll be a far better team. Mark, and the other thing I'm going to say, the Fabregas pass is good, but I reckon one of the most underrated players in world football at the moment is Schürrle. He did uh, it for Germany. Yep. He, he, it was a really good finish off a really good Fabregas pass, but he's an absolute star. And he won't start many games for Chelsea. He's going to come off the bench there. They're definitely the team to beat for me. Thanks very much for your call, Mark. Hey, let's go to Darren in Baroni, who's been very patient. Uh, actually wants to talk about Liverpool. Welcome to the show, Darren. That's a surprise. How are you going there, Diego? Yeah, good, mate. good to talk to you. It is. Um, look, I, I would have to agree with that last call. We're obviously um, <laughs> seeing, seeing Man United lose in the uh, theatre of nightmares now, we're calling it. <laughs> You know, that that was a classic. But I tell you what, we're talking about uh, Seth Fabregas' pass and all that. What about Jordan Henderson's through ball? Yeah, it's true. It was. It was. was. He's come a long way, actually, Jordan Henderson. I know he was much maligned. Of course, a a young star of uh, Sunderland uh, picked up by... uh, Was it Kenny Dalglish that picked him up? Yeah, Kenny Dalglish picked him up at the same time as Andy Carroll. Was it Roy Hodgson? No, no, it was Kenny Dalglish. So he's been there for a while, and he was much maligned by by a lot of the Liverpool fans. He got a page in Sir Alex Ferguson's book. They wouldn't... Fergo's said he wouldn't pick him up because of a few reasons. Last season... Last season, he did very, very well, and he's continued on. So you've got a good one there, I think, Darren. In AFL terms, Darren, I think we'd describe Jordan Henderson having a very big tank. One of his best attributes is the fact he can get up and down the park at high pace. But he has added some touch to his game. He's got to get more goals this year. He's going to probably have to chime in to, to get 10 or so goals to be making up for Suarez's, what, 31 or so. So he's important. So, Darren, you're still there? Yeah, I am. Yeah, mate, uh, are you going to make a prediction on Liverpool? 
Well, look, I, I was going to ask you a question. That, it's interesting looking at the top four after the first round. Oh, I reckon you're looking I reckon, at the letter A after the first round, are you, Darren? See, I reckon that could stay the same. You look at the top four, and not necessarily in any order, but Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool are already in the top four. Could that be the first time that that's ever happened, that week one? And week thirty-eight are actually the same. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know because I don't look at the ladder till week seventeen. Yeah, Darren, Arsenal are going to have about ten injuries somewhere <laughs> along the line, and it's going to throw them down to about fifth. Thanks for your call, Darren. Really appreciate that. Always Isn't that typical Liverpool fan looking at the ladder right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's... worrying about you know where it's going. Don't to our listeners out there. If you listen to Diego's long enough, you'd know that I don't look at the ladder till after Christmas. Well, I mean, I do, and I, I, mean, I haven't even looked at it yet <laughs> yeah. myself. So. To coin a phrase, Liverpool fans this year, we're relaxed and we're comfortable. <laughs> you, 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 both, you and Darren sound very... We're relaxed nice. and comfortable. We by are. The, by the way, my highlight, if I may chime in with my highlight... You can, but don't, don't, don't waste all your good stuff now, Carlos. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it was in that Liverpool-Southampton game. Tadich's touch? No. Well, well, it was part of the, the, the goal, Klein's goal, oh, the yeah. young full-back. <laughs> that was an absolute roost. What a it? goal that was. Uh, it, it was, was. a beautiful little back heel by Tadic, and then Klein's come. It was a bit of a one-two. Um, and, uh, geez, what a fantastic, emphatic finish that was by the young uh, full-back there from Southampton. Let's talk more about highlights after the break, shall we? <laughs> we'll take yeah. a break now on the 40 Acres. You're on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Barclays Premier League, Manchester City 3, Sunderland 0. Swansea City 2, Reading 2. West Bromwich Albion 3, Queen's Park Rangers 2. West Ham United against Arsenal. There you go, Warren Diego, just for you. What a, yeah, no, what a... I found him most entertaining when he got to the um, Scottish Premier League. You know, the Scottish Third Division when yes. it was... Partick Thistle versus yeah, no, the Thistle Derby, <laughs> Inverness Caledonian, Caledonian Thistle, Thistle versus Partick. one Partick Thistle four. Apparently his outtakes were hilarious too. The stuff that never made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's James Alexander Gordon oh, who fantastic. passed away at the age of seventy. Who's going to do it? I reckon they should just cancel it all now because no, there's can't a female ever... Carlos oh, really? who does it now. Yes. Really? Yep. It would, and, and do you rate her? She's. Well, I haven't you... looked at a picture of her. Yeah. No, I'm not ta- I'm <laughs> talking about... It doesn't mean that. Oh, yeah. oh. Really? Jeez. How dare you, misogynist? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Julia. Um, there you go. Thank you very much. No, no, she's doing okay, but not as good as him. The whole topic tonight was, uh, what was your highlight of the English Premier League? And we're getting some great text messages, and we'll go to those in a second, but... Uh, just uh, the FFA Cup was on tonight, and mm. Melbourne Victory uh, defeated Bayswater City 2-0. Barbarousas and Thompson uh, scored for Melbourne Victory. And we're uh, actually trying to get someone from Bayswater City to have a chat to them about uh, what the game was like. And South Coast Wolves were defeated by Central Coast Mariners earlier on tonight, 1-0. Nearly 7,000 7, people at that yeah, game. Yeah, that's huge. huge. They'd be yeah, the old Wollongong Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. to say one thing. Ahead, I'm having a dip at Foxtel. Ooh. I'm just for a minute. I'm mm. going to have a dip because they're our friends at Foxtel. I might oh, agree with are. you on this. You know what? Mm. What? For all the ratings that they get for a whole range of different other sports, for all the mm. ratings that they get, the fact that they played the Foxtel Cup for one week and then supposedly dropped it because there wasn't enough people watching you it. You mean the FFA the Cup? The FFA yeah. Cup, sorry. The fact that they did that yeah. disappoints me in the extreme because surely you can cop 
an hour and a half or two hours on a pay television network, which is essentially fans of a particular sport wanting to choose a, a particular you know game or whatever. Surely they could have copped it. I know they're coming I'll, back I'll, in. I'll, I'll, but I would I'll, I'll go enough. as far as to say that if they don't start televising each one, each round of this, this cup is going to die. It will die because I'm telling you, I lost. In, I'm not, it's I'm lost not, momentum it, because it's of lost that. momentum. It's not that I have, I've lost interest. I haven't lost interest, but I, I, it's lost momentum. Everyone was raving about the first week, and following up the second week, outraged they weren't showing it. And last night it was like, um, it's like I'd even forgotten it was on because you know yeah. the momentum wasn't there. It's got to be front and center. It's got to hit you between the eyes. If it's not on TV. Uh, you know, it's a real problem, I reckon. And Adelaide City, for instance, who beat Western Sydney Wanderers last week, who Western Sydney Wanderers come out and beat the yeah. reigning Asian champions, I wanted to see that game. Not just the highlight of the beautiful goal. You want to see that game. And you, and not maybe not every game, but something. Yeah, something. Tonight, tonight might have yeah. been a bit difficult because they had, you know, all their resources tipped into the Asian Cup, uh, the Asian a, Champions got a heap game, of, rather. They've got a heap of resources, <laughs> right? They've got the money. You know, get Carlos and his camera oh, out there. Him, you know, <laughs> get him just, out just there. I've got my little camcorder. I could have done it for them. Exactly. Jeez. Of course. Uh, anyway, West we Sydney. still love Bozza and that, but no, yes. we do. No, no, no. But I'm outraged. I am outraged with this. Right. Sorry, it, it, so it, will, it will affect this competition if they don't start televising. I mean, it doesn't go for that long. I mean, really, that they've had three rounds. Three rounds? Yeah, on television. Why can't yeah. you just push the red button and it comes up? Oh, exactly, Vinny. Things you can do. Creative things you can do. Don't give me yeah, this 21st century. century. Look, you know, all right. Jeez. Well, I'm sorry to temper that. You but, got uh, fired up too, now. Western Sydney Wanderers <laughs> defeated Guangzhou Evergrande 1-0. Golic scored there for Western Sydney. Um, a melee. At the, oh, the melee. melee at the end. Lippy. Marcello Lippi. If, if anyone didn't see the game tonight, please Google, because it'll be up there on YouTube somewhere. Uh, Marcello Lippi invaded the pitch. After his second second player was sent off, I don't know. I thought they were both decent sending offs too. I mean, you can't throw your elbow on the first one. Uh, this is all in the last ten minutes of the game. Uh, one of the uh, Chinese uh, players threw an elbow, and was it uh, Polens? No, no, it was Larocca. Went down like a bag of spuds, and uh, it may not have been a huge contact, but still, you don't throw your elbows around. He went, and then the Brazilian hipster, um, yeah, uh, Saba, Saba, Saba uh, hit the ground, down. but. Uh, and one of the Chinese uh, studs just left his met, yeah, met just his, his, uh, met his, uh, his skull, and uh, he, the second one got sent off, and that what was what really got uh, Lippy and his uh, whole bench fired up. And there was about three or four of the of his coaching staff plus him on the ground in the referee's face. That's got to cop a sanction or two, I reckon. Can I just say, and I'm not stereotyping here, but quite quite seriously, the the Mr Miyagi Karate Kid position, <laughs> the Chinese player held it. It was like he, he was on the boat with he his did. foot balancing and the other foot up, and he was about to, to yep. swing. It was it was a thing. Yeah. I, I was tearing up. You know, with Lippi as their coach, the staff almost quadruples. You've got yeah. the Italian that interprets in English, <laughs> and you've got the Chinese who interprets the Italian back yeah. to Chinese for the players. So the staff, they're 
just expanding everywhere. And you know, maybe, you know what? maybe it was interpreters on the pitch telling the referee what <laughs> and Lippy was saying so, to him. So it was really just one person yeah, that, yeah, that's right. that went on the pitch. And yeah. that's how you get Chinese teams playing tikitaka. It's got to go. <laughs> it's got to be translated. But I've got to say, after Clive Palmer's comments this week, oh, and after yeah. Victor Saba really getting stuck into him today, they're going to be highly motivated. The Chinese when they go back uh, home next week. I, I'm a bit worried for West Sydney Wanderers. I'm not quite sure whether they're going to be good enough to hold them out. But they got the 1-0 lead. It was a great Champions League night. They really did celebrate it. And, uh, you know, kudos to Tony Popovich too. Because that team has lost, what, 10 players? 10 players since last season. They went list through the list. Uh, a couple of the boys retired. Adam, Adam DePutz, I didn't realise he retired. Uh, Dean Heffernan, we knew he was going to retire, but the puts are still young enough to keep going. So that was interesting. Yeah, I think the Chinese revenge next week, as Sasha Ogonovsky said after that, they'll be training on a cow paddock about an hour and a half out of Guangzhou, <laughs> yep. just as a means of, you know, just getting their, their own back, you would think. Just watching it on uh, the TV right now. Just forgotten how much Marcello Lippi looked like a guy from Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. yes. Was it Greaves or Mr. something? It wasn't yeah. Mr. Robinson, was it? Anyway, sorry about that. Is, um, is, is there at the, on TV right now, they've got him at the press conference and there's a lot of gesticulation. He's actually he's, he's throwing it out to his interpreter to make sure that he says exactly what he's saying and I just want to see what the oh. interpreter does, whether he uses the same hand. You don't gestures. need interpretation. His voice no. is speaking English, but his hand is speaking. No, <laughs> his voice is speaking Italian, but his hand is speaking English. It's true. I think he says something about he wants his family back. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, the hot topic tonight yeah, was, boot, what was your highlight in the English Premier League? Uh, these are a couple of good ones. Watch a Liverpool game with my 10-year-old son on Foxtel go on the iPhone while camping at Wilson's Prom National oh, Park. Fantastic. In front of the campfire. Great experience. Chris, that's what we're talking about, yes. mate. That's awesome. Um, if we had a prize, by the way. Yeah, that would win it. That and that, win it. his son will remember that for the rest of his life, by the way. When he, when he, start, when he, when he thinks of the great moments with his dad, he'll think of that, that Wilson's Prom. You know, the fire? Mm. Uh, were they marshmallows won? Yeah, particularly when Liverpool win the title yeah, in marshmallows. May. Marshmallows, the fire. And you'll uh, never forget that yeah. wireless internet at uh, Wilson's <laughs> yeah. prom was fantastic. Actually, and the other memory <laughs> would be um, when they, the last time they they're at Wilson's prom camping and uh, just after Gerard slipped, the mobile phone went into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fabregas' pass easily was the best moment of the first round. I had to do, I'm not going to say that, Mick, thank you, um, from Summerton. <laughs> I think we all know, Mick. <laughs> oh, Mick. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, watching the World Cup helps me to get to know the players I've never heard of before. Chelsea's goals were sweet. That's Dean Lewis in Crib Point. Thanks very much. Hola, Diego's. We were watching the Barca um, in the Gamper pre-season match tonight with, oh, right, with the Barca Supporters Club Melbourne at the Imperial Hotel. When Suarez came on, somebody called out, eat him alive. That's uh, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much, PK in Collingwood. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, um, it's pretty exciting. There's... Yes, Vinny. So I was going to say with Suarez, apparently he's been receiving treatment about because uh, he's made the vow that he's not going to bite someone a fourth time. So he's getting treatment. He's seeing someone. So he's, he's, he's effectively admitted that he is a biter, even though you know post biting statements after, at the World Cup were that he never that it was all accidental. But I, I was just sort of wondering what sort of treatment you get. Do they just put a plate of meat in front of him and, yeah. and he's, every time he goes for it he gets electric shock? That's cold turkey not to use another type of meat. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. And while I'm on, while I'm beefing about Foxtel, oh, I've got go. another You're beef. you hot today with your meat. No, I've got another beef too. FIFA have come out and upheld the transfer ban for Barcelona. 
while they were pending appeal, Barcelona were able to sign players. And, of course, they signed Suarez for $75 million. I think they've spent $125 million on transfers, Barcelona. And they're actually now being banned from making any more transfers. But the players that they signed during the pending appeal are able to stay. And now the ban is basically until the next transfer window. I mean, it doesn't... Neither here nor there, whatever, but it's a mockery whatever, of whatever. Whatever's happening right now, it's all to do with Sepp trying to garner votes for his election. That's all. I heard the other day that suddenly uh, Australian football has received half a million euros or half a million dollars for women's football out of nowhere, <laughs> right? This is all about Sepp now, what he's been doing for, you know, Election rotation after election rotation. He's been doing it for years and years and years. Uh, you know, just so people just forget about all the all the stuff that he's done wrong. And uh, he's just currying favours left, right and centre with uh, the dishing out of money and, you know, these sort of things. I'm sure it, it's all about making sure that he's in a great position to win the next election, FIFA election. And he will because I don't think he's got any competition at the moment anyway. He's the best politician. Yeah. Hey, um... Still taking your text messages. Um, Diego's the highlight from the first week of the EPL was a seagull pooping into Ashley Young's <laughs> Oh, oh yes. Wasn't that awful? Oh, he's Bentley. And uh, <laughs> our, our listener, Tommy from Coogee, is actually oh, Coogee yes. in, in Sydney. Uh, I spent many Sunday evenings with Dad for many years beside the radio, um, ooing and aowing to the results uh, of the, you know, the legend. James um, Alexander Gordon. James Alexander Gordon. Lippy to go for four weeks, plus tough return fixture next week. Clive Palmer has also added to next week's <laughs> challenge. Thank you very much, Tommy. Hey, let's take a break because uh, we've got uh, someone from Bayswater City coming up a little bit, well, after the break, right here on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yeah. Yes, here on a Wednesday night and coming up after the Diego's, it's All Night Appetite with uh, Darren Parkin and uh, NFL Thursday, a new show with uh, Butalis uh, from 12 to 1. Hey, uh, the FFA Cup happened tonight. Melbourne Victory defeated Bayswater City 2-0. And uh, good enough to join us on the line is the goalkeeper for Bayswater City, Devin Spence. Welcome to the show, Devin. Hi there, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not at all, mate. Great to have you. Rodrigo here. You've got Vinny Venezuela, Warren and Carlos Alberto Diego. Hey, just a, a quick general question. What was it like uh, coming up against Melbourne Victory? And, you know, how has the FFA Cup experience been for you? Oh, no, it was, uh, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, from the first uh, time we saw the draw that we got then we, uh, we kind of prepped ourselves and it kind of dragged on. But uh, we were glad we got to uh, get up against them tonight and uh, a little bit disappointed in the result, but uh, we held our heads high at, uh, at the end of the game. Devin, Vinny Venezuela here. Did you guys organise these shirt swapping? <laughs> Sort of just before you took the pitch, or did you just do that at the end of the game as per? Um, it, was, it was a little bit of a scramble at the end of the game. Some of the boys wanted shirts, and uh, yeah, others wanted to chat for football friends. But you know, there, there was a bit of a bit of shirt grabbing here and there. Now, Devin, uh, it's Carlos. Uh, we're really disappointed. We're actually almost well. We, we are outraged that uh, Fox Sports haven't been uh, televising the games uh, since the first round. Now, this could work to your advantage. Can you describe to us? Step by step, your best save tonight, and you can embellish if you want. <laughs> well, I'd, I would have to say it would be the uh, free kick off uh, Finkler. I mean, uh, I do know him watching A-League games. He's very dangerous at a, uh, at a dead ball. So I was lucky enough to just be 
right place, right time, and get there in the end. Was it uh, going into the top corner where spiders live, mate? And you have to did uh, you have to throw yourself <laughs> up there, gazelle like, or? Uh, yeah, it was it was a very parallel dive across the ground. Getting it was sneaking into the bottom corner, so I, I got there. So oh, I, I can't mate. complain. Good and, on you. and Devin, did you have to resort to the little Brazilian, the little inappropriate Brazilian that you do know, to just put him off his game? <laughs> yes, just, just a little bit, maybe. <laughs> uh, Devin, you've got um, you've got A League experience. I mean, you've got uh, international experience with the Coin Brothers playing for you. Yep. Did you did you have a sense that? You know, you had the quality. If Melbourne Victory, you know, were a little bit vulnerable to be able to defeat them, I suppose, is that why you're a bit disappointed that you actually believed that you had the quality to be able to get over them? Yeah, exactly. Like, we always had the belief. I just think, uh, obviously, Melbourne were just that step ahead a lot faster on the ball, faster with the ball. And uh, it showed in the first half. It started to sneak in, and that's when I think our experience showed with uh, Todd Heinwell, Sam Mitchison, started to step into the game a lot more. So... Yeah, a little bit disappointed. 2-0, um, I'm, I'm happy with that result. It could have been better, but obviously, you know, we all did pretty well. And the quality of your competition, I mean, the one thing about the Perth competition is there's been lots of young players come out of that, and there's a sense that it's a competition that is really good without us knowing a lot about it on the Eastern States. Just talk about your own statewide comp- your, your, your state competition in terms of the quality and, you know, the competition that you have. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's growing each year, you know, and um, it's really, really good to see. But like, like you did say, it doesn't get the recognition it does in the eastern states, which uh, which hopefully will soon, and hopefully uh, this will, like, the FFA Cup, FFA Cup will show eastern states that Western Australia do pr- uh, produce good teams, good players, and hopefully gets around Australia a little bit more. Now, Devin, what we love about the FFA Cup is it's a, it's a romantic uh, sort of a tournament where yes. you know you've got a chance for the uh, for the you know smaller clubs around Australia, you know, the part time is to come up against the big professionals and then knock yes. them off. And yes. we've had a few of those situations already. Tell us what it, what life is like for you. Obviously, you take your football really, really serious. I got on the website and had a look at you guys. There's no fat guys in your team. <laughs> you all train really hard. Uh, tell us about how you balance your normal life with your football ball over there oh it's it's pretty easy uh, me being a personal trainer I'm, I'm very involved into fitness and that's probably why everyone's uh, <laughs> not fat or overweight because I make sure the boys are eating right they're on good programs and but I think that's one of the uh, the abilities that Corny sport is that just that professionalism I think everyone has it really really well I mean we've just got a new ice bath in help recovery I mean all the boys look after themselves pretty well but I mean managing day-to-day is, is pretty good but uh, the boys get a little bit cranky if we have to come in for an extra training session. A goalkeeper, a goalkeeper who tells others what to do. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a strange concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Devin, mate, really appreciate your time with the Diego's um, after a game tonight. You lost it two 0 but you sound, you know, you sound like you, you know, you're pretty, you know, you're okay with that result, yeah. and yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, been a great experience. Yeah, it's been a bit disappointing, but uh, you know, we wish wish Melbourne victory all the best. I mean, they look really, really good. So, all the best to them. You're a good man. Thanks for your time tonight, Devin. Really appreciate awesome. it. Too easy, guys. Thanks for having me. There you go. There's the goalkeeper for Bayswater City. Good to, a, good to get some. A gracious goalkeeper, too. Yeah, that's I mean, true. that's not in the Peter Smichael tradition at all, really. <laughs> They've actually had, you know, you touched on it when you were talking about the yep. quality of their league. Over the years, there's been a lot of young guys have come out of Western Australia and gone straight over to the English uh, leagues. Uh, I'm sure, I remember Adrian Caceres. I mean, yep. he was one guy that went over there. Um, of course, Chris Hurd. I mean, these guys bypass. You know the the youth leagues here in Australia, or the youth academies, and go straight over there. One of the Edwards boys has gone yeah, back over there yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. I think a lot of them, 
you know, uh, there's, a, there's a bit of an assembly line that goes, but they, they don't actually don't necessarily, we don't see them until they actually make it over there. He's and got a bit of an English twang to his voice yeah, too. So. South African just quite. Oh, did you? Yeah, anyway. Oh, okay, there you go. Yes, well, I did. I'd defer to you, Rodrigo. You should. As always. Because I've got You the... are the goalkeeper of the Diego's. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Hey, guys, this, this is an interesting question. Is it okay to go for Chelsea in the EPL? Because there is a Chelsea near where I grew up in Frankston. <laughs> That's a good enough reason. Well, yes. Yeah, somehow I think the average income of Chelsea players at Chelsea FC is yeah. slightly higher than people who live in Chelsea near Frankston. But you can. Us, a few of us grew up near Tottenham. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly should, right. Uh, should we go Spurs, maybe? <laughs> and there's some people in Sydney who grew up near Liverpool. That's right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Is there in Manchester? I mean, there's Manchester Unity Building in the city. <laughs> well, I don't know whether there's a suburb. They're, they're probably, I don't, not certainly in Melbourne or Sydney that I know yep. of, Manchester as a suburb. Yep. But there you go. Could Actually, be. I reckon there'd be people listening from Baronia Munch and Gladbeck. <laughs> Or AC Balan. So I'm dragging a, a, a very, very funny show from many, many years ago. That's we were right. trying to think of the Melbourne Heart name before they they came out, and uh, we threw it open to the public. We should do that one day we again because I think be it was very, very funny. Very, very funny. Yes, uh, that was one of my best ones. That one. That's um, hey. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, the FFA. Uh, the EPL highlights of the week uh, was uh, deemed a good segment. Please okay. have that every week. Really? So yeah, we might we might uh, do it again. The, uh, Warren, it was uh... as long as Liverpool keep winning, we'll have highlights of the of the Premier League. Actually, a big game next week. Liverpool play Man City on I the Tuesday nothing at this time game. of the year. Warren, you've been see, you've been watching no, this. I'm you've been doing the Diego's for twenty one years. You've been doing the Diego's for twenty one years. You've been watching the English Premier League since you were a kid. I'm just enjoying and you the still spectacle. don't realise no, that nothing important happens at this time of the year. No, nothing. I black out the scores. I just watch the spectacle. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, there's some uh, great games today. Melbourne victory defeated Bayswater City two nil in the FFA Cup. Central Coast Mariners defeated the South. South Coast Wolves 1-0 and Western Sydney Wanderers in a, an action-packed game in the Asian Champions League uh, defeated Wangju Evergrande 1-0. Golic scored in front of 17,000 people at uh, Parramatta Stadium. It looked empty just before Carlos. I know. It? It's a, I, I can't believe they still have problems with the traffic jam there. But uh, b- by the way, there's some people who have been waiting up all night for this. Champions League playoffs. There was a playoffs mm, yes. uh, tonight. Uh, Besiktas nil, Arsenal nil. Arsenal were lucky in that yeah, game. I know. They were, uh, they were down the Ten men and so uh, was Wenger. He nearly got hit by a bottle. Absolutely. And uh, Copenhagen two, Leverkusen three. Of course, this is only the first leg. Napoli one, Atletico Bilbao one, Salzburg two, Malmo one, and Stal Bucharest one. Ludo Goretz. I'm not sure where they're from. You know, he was assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of there's more games. He's a Hulk, isn't there's he? More games yeah. over, <laughs> there's more games overnight, too, yeah. I think. Thank you very much. Hey, we're going to do that show, Carlos. Other suburbs, Burnley, Blackburn, <laughs> obviously Tottenham. Hey, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for your calls and your text messages. We love them. Thanks to our guests tonight. Don't forget, after the Diego's from 12 to 6, Darren Parkin. NFL Thursday from 12 to 1. It's a new show with Will Butalas. Butulos. Sorry about that, Will. That's happening straight after the Diego. So remember, Carlos. We have a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be there. there wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever the girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Oh, hey. Hey.